Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of the Michael Graham show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Michael Graham of News Radio 1067. So glad that you are here. The phone number 844-404-1067. Email me, Michael at MichaelGraham.com. And what a day. What a day. Had a great weekend. Uh, saw the new uh, Avengers movie, and I will give you the real live semi-normal person review of the movie so you know whether or not it should just be your kids seeing it or you. That's coming up. And what is the story? With law enforcement in Georgia gunning down their wives or girlfriends in their spare time and then essentially walking away from it afterwards. Absolutely bizarre. And I'm hoping you can fill me in on that. And uh, so uh, uh, there's uh, I have a two days worth of stuff I'd love to talk to you about and hear from you about. Uh, But to me, the big story, the, the whole conversation starts and ends in one place, and that is Garland, Texas, where uh, a group of people were trying to make a point that we ought to live in a country where you're able to have opinions and express opinions that other people don't like and not have to worry about getting hurt. And the point that was made was we live in a country where you do have to worry about getting hurt. And worse than that, you have to worry about the media covering or or uh, taking sides with the people who are trying to hurt you. I am just I, I, I came in this morning. I, I found out about this when it first broke, you know, because of my history with our friends in the religion of peace. When the Council of Angry Islamic Radi- uh, Council for American Islamic Relations pushed at me fired because I pointed out that Islam has a unique problem with terrorism that no other religion in the world has. Um, this kind of topic, I know all the players involved in this. I know uh, Gert Wilders. I've interviewed him before, uh, several times in the past. I know Pamela Geller. Interviewed her many times. He's probably going to join us uh, during the show. So I know the people who organized this, and I know why they organized it. And I've been invited to events like this because there are a bunch of people who think that free speech should matter and should be free speech even when some people don't like it. And uh, that was that was the beginning and end of the message that matters. Some people got together and drew pictures on a piece of paper and some other people shot them. And so who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? The well, the bad guys are the people who shot them, period. That's a, there's no the conversation doesn't need to go any farther than that. And yet for some reason so that was last night. 
I, you know, the story breaks. I start tweeting it out. My Twitter handle is IMM Graham. And I start pointing out that the police won't tell us anything about the identities. Do you know, here's it, here it is. What is it? Uh, 14 hours, 15 hours after the shooting, ballpark figure. We still don't know the identity of the shooters. All right, last time I, last time I checked. It hasn't popped up my Twitter feed yet. I, I'm, I'm watching the news. I haven't seen anybody tell me who these guys are. I assume they're men. I don't, I don't even know they're men. Why won't someone just tell me who they are? Well, we all know why the police won't want to tell us who they are. We all know why the media aren't interested in telling us who they are. It's because they're afraid of who they are. They're afraid that we're going to have a Howard Smith moment from back at the Fort Hood shooting. We're going to have that moment when the CBS reporter is looking at the general and asking about the motive of the Fort Hood shooter. That's what they everybody in the press wants to avoid the truth because they're afraid that the truth is going to be. Did he say anything as he was gunning these people down? And did he say anything as he was carrying out? There are reports uh, unconfirmed that he was that he was saying Allah Akbar. Really? Yeah. (sighs) That sigh summarizes everything you need to know about the current state of the media and the current state of Islam and the current state of everything else. Uh, And so that's the spirit in which it's uh, being given. And so that's what they want to avoid. So this is why we know so little. And this is why I, when I came I'm covering this last night and I'm posting about it last night. And I, have a, I have a post about it on my blog at michaelgram.com. And I got this morning and I'm thinking that the story is going to be, oh my goodness, just like Charlie Hebdo where you had, you know, killers out doing killing stuff. Uh, oh my goodness. Oh my gracious. Here we do again. No, no. The entire story this, mo- this morning is that these people who drew the pictures are the bad guys. The entire story, I've, I've flipped from channel to channel to channel. It's ABC, NBC, CBS, even Fox News. Did you have to draw pictures that you knew would upset somebody? Why are you inciting people? What's wrong with you? Why did you have to do this? What What's wrong with you people? Here's my friend, and she is a friend of mine, Allison Camerata, uh, formerly of Fox News, now on CNN. Why hold this event and possibly invite a threat? Given what we saw in Paris in January. What, I'm sorry. You do understand that the woman you're asking this question of was a woman who got shot at last night. She was the the bullets are coming. She's at the pointy end. She's not at the good end. She's at the bad end of the bullets. And you're bothering her. This, this, this is your question for the victim of the shooting. What people are saying is that there's always this fine line, you know, between freedom of speech and being um, intentionally incendiary and provocative. Intentionally incendiary and provocative by drawing a cartoon. I disagree, and I disagree most vehemently. What? Why would you even ask the question? Why are you challenging this woman? I, is, incend, I, I, I just love it. Her reaction is perfect. Incendiary? Insightful? For drawing a picture? Let me say the natural truth as clearly as I know how at 844-404-1067.
if you are so incensed and incendiaried by a pencil drawing that you shoot people in Paris or in Canada or in Texas, there is something wrong with you. You are the problem. The people, the people who did the killing in Paris, the Muslims, are the problem. The people who did the killing in the Netherlands of a movie maker, the Muslims, are the problem. And if by some wild, strange coincidence, I know it's a million to one shot, that the two shooters turn out to be members of a certain religion that rhymes with Bislam. I know that I know the odds are very unlikely. I know this is a bank shot here. But if by some strange stretch of the imagination, the problem will not be the people with the pencils or the people with the paper. The problem will be the people with the Koran and the pistols. You are the problem, period. How the heck did we end up in a country where we are missing that point Entirely. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 919. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. The phone number 844 404 1067. Your reaction to the news. That there's been yet another shooting, uh, yet another attempted killing. In this case, the uh, shooters died uh, and a security guard was injured uh, of people who are trying to express an opinion about Islam that some Muslims don't like. It's not news in the world we live in, particularly in the post-Charlie Hebdo world. And I mentioned point to the break that I had still hadn't seen the identity of the sh- of any of the shooters. One of the shooter's identities has finally been released. Elton Simpson, uh, he sent out a Twitter message prior to the chat, to the attack on Sunday. And the last one, once again, this is prior to the attack, used the hashtag Texas attack about a half an hour before the shooting. Uh, Elton Simpson had been the subject of a previous investigation By the FBI, he was convicted five years ago for lying to federal agents about his plans to travel to Africa. I love how they put that. His plans to travel to Africa. Hmm. What's wrong with traveling to Africa? I don't get it. Was there something wrong with going over to Africa? My uh, uh, mother and father-in-law just got back from a cruise. They cruised the coast of Africa and visited. They went to safari in South Africa and they stopped some other countries. I forget now. Kenya, Mozambique along the way. I don't understand. What's... Why would you lie to the FBI about traveling to Africa? You know, it's almost as if what ABC News, the people who fired me, uh, don't want to say is that he was traveling to Africa, to the Muslim portions of Africa, to hook up with people in Africa involved in a certain religion uh, that starts with an M and isn't Mormon or Methodist. Why are they leaving that? Why would you leave this out? What of the news story? The other thing that the ABC News news story doesn't mention is the tweet itself. All it says is the hashtag Texas attack. But, I mean, for all we know, the rest of the message could be, I hate barbecue. You know, uh, uh, ketchup-based barbecue is a sin. I love mustard-based barbecue. It could have. I don't know what it says. 
They could have said whatever. I'm angry at my ex-wife. It could have. I don't know what it says. Wouldn't it be helpful for ABC News? Once again, this is news, N-E-W-S. You know, the stuff you want to know that's interesting. Maybe you'd include that. Well, if you follow my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show, not Michael Graham, but Michael Graham Show, or if you follow me on Twitter, I'm M. Graham, you've, you've already seen this tweet this morning. And while in the ABC News story about one of the two shooters who's been identified, the one who's been identified, uh, Elton Simpson of Arizona, the part that they don't mention is that in his tweet, he identifies himself as Atawakal Sharia is light. Huh. Huh. You, you don't think that's at all relevant to the shooting at the uh, cartoon drawing of Muhammad event, do you? The bro with me and myself have been given bayah to Amarul Mnin. May Allah accept us as Mujahideen. Make dua. Texas attack. Huh. Wow. You, you know, I'm... The, Far be it from me to teach journalism to the people of ABC who, after all, hired George Stephanopoulos, former Clinton campaign manager, to be their newsman. Far be it from me to tell an organization that has hired that gap-toothed football player. What's his name? What's his, what, 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 soccer ball, what's, who is it? Michael Strahan? Yeah. Who, by the way, I like. I like him. He seems like a fun guy. Does he have a good reputation? Not a bad one. Yeah, but he's – when I think journalism – I don't think Michael Strahan, gap-tooth NFL guy. So far be it for me to tell the people of ABC News how to do their job. But I'm somehow thinking that when you have identified the shooter, then he tweeted out, Sharia is light. May Allah accept us as Mujahideen. I'm thinking that has some small connection. I know. I know. Michael Graham grasping at straws. Some small connection to what the F happened in Carlin, Texas last night. This has been going on now. For 17 hours, the media pounding away at the idea that the problem is the guy with the pencil, not the guy with the AK-47. That the problem is what is in the minds of the people who are celebrating free speech, not what's in the mind of the people who are trying to kill them. Trying to kill them. (sighs) Here's Elizabeth Hasselbeck uh, ask, from Fox News challenging Pam Geller. What's wrong with you? Do you believe that there was another way to go about expressing freedom of speech and, and your rights that would not have been considered to be offensive? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter if it's offensive. It's freaking America. It's the whole premise of freedom. Right, Pamela Geller? What people are saying is that there's always this fine line, you know, between freedom of speech and being um, intentionally incendiary and provocative. Intentionally incendiary and provocative by drawing a cartoon. I disagree, and I disagree most vehemently. Thank you. Thank you for standing up and saying the problem isn't the guy drawing the cartoon. Are you kidding me? Uh, Velmer is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Velmer. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, listen, I just have a quick question for you. I'll ask it and listen for your response. Sure. It would seem that um, the uh, Islamic religion seems to get a pass every time this happens. If there's a caricature done uh, in the Christian community, whether it be of Jesus Christ, the Pope, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be Joseph Smith for the Mormon culture, 
Um, I don't see these folks going out and slaughtering people wholesale. And it just seems that there's a full-born path uh, given to that institution. And, uh, and no one's willing to voice it. No one's willing to stand up and do anything about it. Well, uh, Velmer, you just did, and I hope I am at 844-404-1067. So do you agree with ABC, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, et cetera, that the problem is the people drawing the cartoons, that there's no need for it, and therefore they shouldn't have done it, and they're the problem? Or do you agree with me, and maybe I'm alone, no, the problem is the people who shoot you for drawing cartoons Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. You tell me. I am Michael Graham. There is a war on free speech. Uh, we entered uh, a new era last night because this wasn't Paris, this wasn't Copenhagen, this was Texas. Yeah, one thing that the shooters learned is. You'll find more armed people at a Texas art show than you'll find at a European gun rally. So you just got to keep that in mind when you don't try to mess with Texas. I'm Michael Graham. The phone number 844-404-1067. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Uh, and your chance to win free lunch later today, sponsored by Sherry's Berries and Time for Mother's Day. Stay tuned. I just finished rereading this article uh, by ABC News, official uh, one of Garland, Texas shooting suspects ID'd officials say, and someone do me a favor, go behind me and reread it. I just posted it on my Facebook page. I'm tweeting it out. If I'm not mistaken, there is a key word missing in this article. There's one word that never appears a single time in this article about the guys who shot up the uh, draw the Prophet Muhammad event last night. We're going to go to your phone calls here at 844-404-1067. But a couple of facts that you need to know about this uh, event. First of all, in this same building, and it's at a public school, it's like a, a, a kind of a theater space, whatever, that's available for the community. If you rent it, you can have it. They had a stand with the Prophet rally against free speech. They had a rally urging that we make it illegal to uh, to disgrace the prophet or to insult the prophet publicly. And th- th- so it was stand with the prophet rally. So this other group, which is a watch out, you know, Islam has problems. The jihad is coming group led by Pamela Geller, an acquaintance of mine. Um, they said, we want to use the same space where you had the stand with the prophet rally against free speech to have a we're going to give out $10,000 for the best cartoon of Muhammad rally to support free speech. And the reason why I think it's important for you to know that is because that puts the story in context. As you see the media trying to tell you that this is some kind of extremist group, as Peter Beinert, Peter Beinert goes on CNN and says, uh, you know, and demeans the people who uh, hosted this event. It is true, however, that this is a bigoted anti-Muslim group who was doing a contest to draw the Prophet Muhammad for no good reason. Violence is utterly inexcusable. But just in order to prove the point that violence is inexcusable, you don't have to go out of your way to offend people. Now, once again, this is at a venue where you already had a shut up, Islam doesn't want you to talk rally. So now they're having a screw you, Islam, we're going to talk, this is America rally. And this rally, unlike the first one, which had protesters, this one had gunmen. Gunmen who were trying to travel to Africa 
and who posted things on the web. But once again, please read this ABC News article and tell me if I'm missing. Uh, don't apparently have any connection to anything of any kind. 844-404-1067. Tim is on News Radio 1067. Thanks for the call, Tim. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, I don't understand uh, anybody, anything going on today except you. Uh, you got uh, all the right answers and all the right emotions towards this um you know our colleges are now burning our flags and and stomping on the american flag and that's what all these people are doing with their words uh making uh these these cartoon artists the bad guy and you know i i if you're listening to the show tim last week you heard plenty of people saying i don't like the fact that they're burning the flag if they burn the flag around me i'm gonna have words with what but nobody said that, you know, they should get arrested or that they should get shot or anything like that. It was all, you know, I understand you have the right to do it. And that is the key difference. Tim just put his thumb or his finger right on the key difference. There is one group in this conversation who says, yes, you should have the right to say things I don't like. And there's another group that says, if you say things I don't like, I'm going to kill you. And the media can't figure out... Uh, who the good guys and bad guys are. The media can't figure out how to tell this story. Do you think that it was the fault of the cartoonists and the people who held, who held the event that we had this violence in Texas yesterday? 844-404-1067. Tom, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to chime in. Um, the, uh, the issue, like I said, it's always the bad guy that, that caused the problem, and it is. It, it, he pulled the trick because of the major problem. There's a deeper-rooted problem, though, and that's the fact that us, us as American people are uh, trying to phase out, in a lot of ways, our own freedom of speech and our own mm -hmm. freedoms uh, as far as expression. And there, there lies the, the major problem. You, you hit it on the head when you were talking about the girl, the, the, the news reporter who, who said that, um, you know, so they were being incendiary and they were being uh, uh, harsh toward, you know, uh, Islam or whatever the case may be. Right. That's their right. I fought for that right in our, in our country. I don't I don't believe in anybody taking away my rights. Yeah. So, and, but the and... thing is, is that if you're going to show up and shoot people mm -hmm. for basically expressing themselves or whatever the case may be, I don't care if it's your religion. I mean, I've seen I've seen plenty of Jesus, Jesus uh, pictures and stuff that have, may, have been sure. you know, made fun of or. You know, family guy. <laughs> I mean, but uh, the thing is, is, is we we as a people continuously try to try to uh, to uh, limit ourselves as far as what we're allowed to do. Sure, we do it to ourselves. No, no, it happens when uh, Ann Coulter tries to show up at a college and speak, and it gets shot down. As happens with Christina Hoff Summers, uh, who rejects some of the extremism of feminism, tries to show up on a campus and speak, and gets called a rapist, and they try to literally ban her from the uh the campus and it happens uh when you criticize islam as i know straight up and personally uh, but this you make a great point if you uh, go to my blog at michaelgram.com i have a post up right now called when it comes to free speech the left isn't worth a squirt of <clears throat> art and it lists the intentionally anti-christian provocative art that has been posted in the past like the uh, urinate Christ, I'll say it that way, work, and the Holy Virgin Mary painting that literally painted the Virgin Mary in cow dung. I mean, elephant dung. It used elephant dung. 
uh, a stage play portraying Jesus Christ as gay, and not a single and, and, and not a single time in these events did anybody get shot, did anybody get stoned. It didn't happen. There is a clear, undeniable difference. The problem is always the people doing the shooting. They are the problem, not the unarmed people who aren't doing the shooting. And it is scary to me that the uh, media are missing this. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. We're going to have more on this uh, coming up later in the show. Coming up next, uh, though, uh, legal analyst Philip Holloway is going to talk about this newest case of yet another member of Georgia law enforcement shooting a young lady acquaintance and in this case walking away from it uh and uh how that works also his take on the charges filed in baltimore do the charges against the police match the crime it's all coming up next michael graham now and the kimmer at noon on news radio 1067 we don't know what the relationship is at this point it is a female and she was transported to gwinnett medical center from what i understand she's in critical condition It's 9.50. I am Michael Graham. She is an acquaintance of Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill, who shot and critically injured her inside a model home in Gwinnett County last night and then didn't talk to the police, just simply left, and he's not under arrest. Uh, Why isn't he under arrest? How is this case going to go? Let's ask attorney extraordinaire Philip Holloway. Philip, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. So first of all, remind us about uh, Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill. He's not new to legal trouble, is he? No, he absolutely is not. He was indicted for multiple dozens, I think, counts of 27 uh, felony charges. 27. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he was actually under that indictment when he ran for, and the citizens of Clayton County elected him. Uh, and so he was ultimately acquitted and able to then assume the duties of his office. So we thought that he might make it through one term of office without scandal, but lo and behold, we were not correct. Okay, so he's the sheriff of Clayton County, but he's in Gwinnett County. Can I, is it too much for me to ask the law enforcement of Clayton County to keep their personal shootings on their side of the county line? Am I, am I just expecting too, too much? Out of Clayton County, you might be, perhaps. So uh, what, uh, what, what is the story with the fact as the uh, uh, spokesperson uh, for Gwinnett Police says that they can't arrest him? Here's some audio for you, Philip. Because okay. when you're an active sheriff in the state of Georgia, there are certain legal requirements and steps that have to be taken. It's not just an average citizen where you can take out a warrant for their arrest. He's not getting special treatment. It's just we're going to do a complete and thorough investigation. So you're the sheriff. You shoot a woman. You leave her in the hospital in critical condition, and you literally drive away without answering a single question, and that's not special treatment. Well, you do have the right to remain silent, of course. Everybody does. That's nothing new. Under an old version of Georgia law, only an elected coroner had the authority to arrest a sheriff and only pursuant to a warrant. Now, that law no longer exists, as best I can tell, uh, and I've done a little research on it this morning. Um, and it's my understanding that a sheriff can be arrested uh, only if there is a warrant issued by a superior mm-hmm. court judge, but that would be only if he's operating in his official capacity, which I can't imagine why he would have been at that house uh, at that time of day in another county. In another so, county so, with uh, his gun. That, I, I think I think any I think he could have been arrested uh, on the spot and and I just think there's some confusion because the law is 
changed in this area, and it's not very clear. We're talking to legal analyst Philip Holloway, a media superstar. I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna make my own game called Georgia Police Clue. And instead of Professor Smith or Miss Peach, it's going to be law enforcement guys, and you move them around the board. You know, shot his girlfriend in the bedroom with a Glock. Uh, that's my plan because it seems to be an issue here. I mean, for example, in Peachtree City, the the, the police chief there uh, uh, um, misdemeanor charges for shooting his ex in their own bed. And see, we don't know if he committed a crime. This could have been an accident, but you know, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything at sure, all by all sure. means, but. There is an ancient legal doctrine goes back to British common law, and it goes something like this: triggers do not pull themselves. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's certainly worth looking at. I uh, want what I would want to know is why did he have his gun out? Why right. was his finger on the trigger? If it wasn't his finger that pulled the trigger, what was it? Mm-hmm. You know, basic gun safety says you know you only draw your weapon if you intend to use it exactly i now want to move over to, uh, to a different police area a lot of conversation over the weekend about the charges against the baltimore police officers um, most of it focusing on a second degree uh, uh charge of murder on the driver of that van right uh, as a both as a guy who's been on the prosecution side and the defense side what do you think of those charges based on what we know well if what the prosecutor laid out and that was a stunningly uh, detailed version of of what she said her statement of probable cause was. If she can prove everything that she laid out, the charges seem to be appropriate. Assuming that they're true, you have gross negligence. That's negligence piled upon negligence, piled upon negligence, you know, with conscious indifference for human life, all those sorts of things that all add up to this depraved heart scenario, which leads them to the second degree murder. And, you know, I think it carries up to 30 years. And so if if he's basically hogtied in the back of that vehicle and they're driving like uh, bad out of hate, he's Mm -hmm. trying to get to all these various calls that they're going to, and he's being slung around that van and ultimately suffers a fatal injury as a result, I think those charges would be appropriate. What I'm concerned about is that it might turn into a political prosecution because, let's face it, she's going to be under a lot of pressure to secure a conviction because can you imagine what will happen in Baltimore if there's a not guilty verdict like we saw in California following the Rodney King trials? And if you have the right charge, it's easier to get a conviction. And if you overcharge, you've set people up for disappointment. I want to ask one last thing, though. Does the fact that it appears, based on what we know, that the original arrest was wrongful, that you know he hadn't committed a crime, and the, you know he had a knife, but he was totally, it was completely legal, does that play into the amount of responsibility or potential criminality of the police, or are those two separate issues? It was a wrongful I- arrest, but it doesn't matter based on what happened to him later. I view them as two separate things because, you know, there's lots of instances where police must, you know, operating in good faith might arrest someone for what they think is a, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's illegal turns out not to be. And those cases wind up working their way through the court system and, you know, should get dismissed and that sort of thing. So it it happens every day in America that people are, are arrested for things that they're not actually guilty of. And sometimes it's a good faith mistake by the officers. But when you add that fact in along with all the other evidence of of just negligence and the fact that they just didn't seem to be caring whether or not he was injured or needed medical care, it goes into this overall picture of conscious indifference. Right. Uh, Maybe maybe they, you know, and there's a, I've heard police say it back in times past, you know, maybe he can beat the rat, but he won't beat the ride. Mm -hmm. That is certainly 
unfortunately right. very true in this case. Yeah, the nickel ride, as it's known in Baltimore, I've learned in this case. <laughs> Here are a few facts for you real quick before we let you go. Over the seven years that ended in 2011, 55 Baltimore police officers were arrested. Uh, the city's paid out $6 million in police brutality lawsuits, including uh, beating the elderly, kids, pregnant women, and animals. And the FBI caught 51 Baltimore police officers in a scheme that resulted in 12 extortion convictions. Isn't it safe to say that regardless of the broader issues of crime, order, you know, black on black crime, et cetera, the Baltimore Police Department is the kind of department that does not deserve our automatic support based on their behavior? Well, and, and when this prosecutor took office, I think she started a police integrity unit, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. that, that was a recognized problem. Police misconduct on balance is, you know, statistically not that big exactly. of a problem. It's just that in certain pockets, like maybe the city of Baltimore, there's, you know, extra instances of it. And, and, and when it happens and it's this bad, it gets a lot of attention and it overshadows all the good work that the majority of law enforcement officers do. And Philip Holloway, being on my show overshadows the good work you normally do, and yet you foolishly do it again and again. Thanks so much for joining us. We are way over time. Your phone call's coming up. I'm Michael Graham. It's 10.05 at News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. What is the natural truth? It's the way the world really works. You should absolutely be free to start a mosque here in Georgia. And it should not matter if your neighbors in Gwinnett County or Cobb County or Fulton County don't like it. This is America. And you are free to start a mosque. And I will stand up, as we did on this show, And defend your right to start that mosque. Because that's your right. That's your chance to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the whole point of this America thing. And you should be free to open up a Muhammad Art Institute across the street from the mosque and teach people all the ways to paint, draw, uh, sketch the prophet of the uh, of the religion of peace. Absolutely. You should get that. Who was the guy who used to do the uh, painting show on like PBS? Bob Ross. And then you take you take a little green and then you, you take a little red and a little blue and you mix them together. And then you OK. And then when you're doing your IED, you want to make sure that it's right under the Quran. So when you pick it up, see, it blows. There you go. And then Bob Ross. always. I'm with Sam Kinison on Bob Ross. Bob Ross always struck me as a guy who was one step away from PTSD. Like and then you draw the tree and then and then a bush. And you know what's in the bush? Charlie. Charlie's in the bush. That's right. And he's going to, you know, I just, but I, this, this is the point of defending freedom. The point of defending freedom is not everyone gets to be free to do what I like. You should be able to walk down the street in Baltimore with a pocket knife in your pocket. It's not a crime. My dad has a pocket knife. You, you, many of you have pocket knives. You should be able to walk down the street. But Michael, he's a bad guy. Freddie Gray was a bad guy. Dude, he's walking down the street. He should have the right to do that. That should be the beginning and end of it. Instead, the Baltimore police, the notoriously corrupt Baltimore police, please. And I, you know, I, I keep begging those of you who think you're conservatives. You, you're actually big brother conservatives. I want to be free to tell other people what to do. You know, please stop defending the Baltimore cops. We can we can agree to disagree about a million other stories. We can agree to disagree about Fergus, whatever. You have got to stop defending the Baltimore cops. 
they are so overwhelmingly corrupt. No one is more astonished that they have become heroes of America than the corrupt Baltimore Police Department. The Wire was inspired by the wildly awful, violent, corrupt behavior of the Baltimore PD. You do not. I'll put it this way. If they hired Victor Hill tomorrow, the crime ratio in Baltimore would go down. That's how corrupt the Baltimore PD. That doesn't. It's just, I'm not saying anything about all police. I'm not saying anything. This is the Baltimore Police Department, wildly corrupt. And uh, if you uh, don't believe me, and I, as you know, I always tell you, don't. That's the point. We want to be thinking people here. Go to michaelgram.com and read the post. Why are you defending these unionized government workers? And it's fact after fact with links to the behavior of these cops uh, in Baltimore, which is, you know, something that you need to know when you're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, An officer was fired for sexually abusing a minor in 2014. The city paid a quarter of a million settlement to a man who was illegally arrested by the police for the non-crime of recording them with his mobile phone. Um, and then, of course, oh, and do you, do you know this? The the original officer who arrested Freddie Gray for the crime of walking down the street and looking at him is so mentally unstable that he was hospitalized in 2012 following concerns about his mental health. Lieutenant Brian Rice, actually, his fellow police officer said, God, this guy's loony. We got to do something about it. He was institutionalized. He's the guy who started the entire event, ended up in Carroll Hospital Center. They went to his house and found a cache of weapons. And uh, so he spent some time there. Uh, and uh, so that's the, the, when you say, Michael, I don't care what I, this police, they need to be arrested. Well, you're saying that about guys who have been institutionalized for mental health issues. 55 Baltimore police officers arrested in seven years. They've paid out $6 million in police brutality lawsuits, including brutalizing old people, brutalizing children, and brutalizing animals. That's the Baltimore PD that you're defending. And so I just want to make sure you have the facts. What do you choose to do with those? I trust you to do the right thing at 844-404-1067. And we're going to have more on the Garland, Texas shooting, absolutely, and the bizarro double standard world that we are being asked uh, to live in. But uh, have you seen the video or heard, actually more importantly, heard the audio of the little Texas town that was having a city council meeting and the mayor turns the floor over to one of his city councilors. What I like about this is the mayor knows she's a windbag. You can tell. As soon as he throws it, and she's talking about some dopey, we need to use less antibiotic soap. All you moms need to stop using the antibiotic soap on your kids. So whatever. Okay, that's fine. That's her opinion. But he knows this is going to be loony rantings from his suburban mom. So the mayor throws it to her, and then he gets up and he leaves. Hmm, where is the mayor going? But the thing is that these deadly infections, there's something we can do about it. And what we can do is call on uh, governmental representatives. What's that sound in the back? That are higher (laughs) up the chain of command. (laughs) Did did he have a lapel mic on? You know, that's a pretty good stream for a guy of his age. (laughs) And ask for action at the federal level. Um, I am... um, 
aware of Mr. Brainerd's wow. concerns. That Did he have a couple of beers before this were, There would be instances where I actually agree that we should take action locally first, but there are not any um, case. She's striving. She's Georgetown, trying to keep it together. So for us to just say it within the city limits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. We got to go out on the interwebs and find it. There's a, a pastor that this happened to. He always uh, went to the men's room right before he gave his sermon so he wouldn't have any pressure on his mind. And he had his lapel mic on and he didn't know they'd already, you know, turned it up, potted it up, as they say in the business, out in the congregation. If you've ever been in an experience like this, 844-404-1067. I'll explain to you why this is one of my nightmare scenarios uh, coming up on the show. And also the story of a Georgia mom who asks the police to intervene before the crime gets too bad. Rousting a 10-year-old boy. Good move or bad. But Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Hey, uh, can someone loan me lunch money today? I, I kind of got cleaned out. I had a big bet on the name of the new royal baby, and I, uh, I'm sorry, I blew it. The real, the actual name has come in, and it's Charlotte Elizabeth Diane Diana. Excuse me, Charlotte Diana. So I had, I hit it pretty hard in Vegas that Laquisha would be one of the names, and I apparently. I didn't get that. None, none of my, none of my picks were in there. Why are you laughing at me? I, come on, it's 2015. No, no. Rumor, rumor. Laquisha wasn't the name. Are we sure? Apple rumor. Laquisha. That was my bet on the baby name. Didn't do that well. So maybe someone could spot me some lunch money today. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Or you can email me Michael at michaelgram.com. A lot of conversation as of late, as you know, about um, uh, where the, to draw the line with the police, et cetera. And uh, I've always been a fan of kind of uh, casual policing. That is, you know, if the if somebody needs to uh, to get reminded to act, show some sense. I've always been cool with the police reminding them as long as they remember that we are the citizens and they work for us and not vice versa. But a mom here in Georgia took a uh, interesting tack on reaching out to the police to solve a problem, and the police got involved. Shakia Hill says she wanted to scare her son straight. So on Tuesday, she called 911 and allowed officers to pretend to take him to jail. I wanted something to hit him. Hill says for the last few weeks, her son had been talking back to his fifth grade teacher. Uh, rude and disrespectful, not wanting to do his classwork. It had gotten so bad, Sean's teacher stopped by to talk to him about his behavior. I was sitting there trying to decide how am I going to discipline Sean because previous disciplinary actions hasn't didn't work, uh, obviously. So I made it up in my head. I'm just going to call the police. Hill says her son didn't believe her until Columbus police officers showed up at the door and put him in handcuffs. It happened so quick, he didn't know what to do. Hill says they put him in the patrol car and pretended to take him to jail. I don't know what they said to him, but he came running down the hill, gave me a big hug, said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry was the uh, the fifth graders' response after the cops showed up there in Columbus, Georgia, to uh, at the behest of moms. And, you know, I've heard of this happening back in the day. And, you know, my dad's era, there would have been, yeah, we've got a problem. We're just going to have the police show up. You take him to jail. Let him see what it's like. You know, and, of course, there's the scared straight deal. We take the high school troublemakers down to the prison, let the prisoners talk to them. Uh, but it's interesting to me that the Columbus, Georgia police feel comfortable enough with the mom and the mom in Columbus, Georgia feels comfortable enough with the police to have them come down and roust her 10-year-old to try to scare him straight. And so my question for you at 844-404-1067 is, did the cops do the right thing? Did the mom do the right thing? You know, if you want to be a... uh, a, uh, uh, dot an you know, I daughter and T crosser. You could point out this is not the appropriate use of the police res- you know, uh, uh, resources. We don't pay the police officers to be babysitters, and well, this is ridiculous. And they've got more important things to do. And you know you can make that argument. That argument has some merit at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. But uh, if you believe that the police are in the business of to protect and to serve. I think the fact that this mom called the police and was comfortable with the police doing this is great news. There's another aspect to the story. and I love the fact that has been utterly uncommented upon. And that is the fact that the mom who called the police in this case down in Columbus uh, and her son are both black. At least one of the police officers shown in the photos is white. So a black mom calls a white cop to straighten out her black son. And believe it or not, Al Sharpton doesn't get involved. I know. Can you, can you, some, yep, there's the scene of the little kid crying with his, and right behind him is a guy that looks like a uh, deacon in the local Southern Baptist church, slapping the handcuffs on him with his, you know, with his lily white skin and his lily, lily white hair. What that tells me is that there are, there's a police department, at least with these officers, and a mom, at least with this mom, who trust each other, who are working things out. That, to me, is the best part of this uh, story. 844-404-1067. Did your parents try this with you? Did it work with you? If you're a cop and you're listening, do you ever get this call? Could you just come down and scare the crap out of my son? And when you do get the call, are you allowed to make it, because one of the problems that has happened in this wussified America we have, where nobody's allowed to make any judgments or make any decisions, it's all zero tolerance and blah, 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 is I don't know that the police have the, the ability to do this favor without having, you know, investigations and blah, blah, blah. You know, not, once again, I'm not making a judgment at all about the police or the parents, just rather this notion there was a time when you could count on the cop using common sense and the mom using common sense. And now I don't know that we live in that time anymore. Michael is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for the call. How's it going? It's going great. You know, I was actually born in Columbus and had my mom do the exact same thing to me. Really? And yeah. Uh, to this day, I remember the cop's name and everything. <laughs> what was his last the, uh, name? Horn. Just Horn? Horn. And yep. now, did Officer yeah. Horn do you a favor? Did he help you out? What? How did it work it, out? I mean, he came out, put me in handcuffs, uh, <laughs> drove me around for about 15 minutes, and took me back home. Um, scared the hell out of me. Uh, what was it that you were doing at the time? Uh, you know, why'd you need this? 
Yeah, I was chunking glass bottles at uh, cars that were going by. Ooh, that's not good. No. And, uh, you know, he continued to come out for about three years after that, just randomly stop by, check out us, stuff like that. That is great. That is the best part of the story, the follow-up. And that's another point that I keep making about this difference between policing and militarized guys. Militarized guys don't come by your house in their full riot gear and their MRAP and check on the kids. Cops who work the beat check on the kids. They are so, and if you're one of those and you're listening right now, you are so valuable. You are worth your weight in gold. You don't deserve the bad rap that these other nitwits in Baltimore are giving you. Thank you for doing the boring, glamorless work that gets real results. If your parents called the cops to have you rousted, I'd like to hear how it worked out. Officers, if you're listening and you've been called to make that, uh, you've been called and that quest has been made, are you allowed to do it anymore? Can we take my punk son down to jail and have you throw him in for a night just to wake him up? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning, it's 1035. I am Michael Graham. Your phone calls at 844-404-1067. A mom in Columbus, Georgia, asks the cops to come give her 10-year-old son a uh, straightening out. So the cops show up, put the cuffs on him, and uh, change his behavior. The mom is very, very happy. The police officer seems happy. If this thing happened to you, 844-404-1067, or if you think it is a waste of taxpayer and police resources I want to hear from you. Speaking of taxpayer resources, uh, I I am borderline vomit in my mouth over watching the Republicans here in Georgia celebrating a Republican governor signing a billion-dollar-a-year tax increase. Ballpark figure. Still don't know definitively how much. But ballpark figure, billion-dollars-a-year of our money out of our pockets going to Beacon to to uh, to uh, the Capitol, and the gas tax part goes up automatically every single year, and we're celebrating this. We're celebrating that Republic. I thought, excuse me, I thought this was red state Georgia. Republican politicians in the legislature here in Georgia shove through a tax increase. It's not just a tax increase of this year. But it goes up automatically. In the next five years, that $700 million in gas taxes will be a bulk, somewhere between $810 and $850 million. It's going to go up $100 million by itself that the politicians will never have to vote for again. Automatic, self-rising tax increases. You know, like the uh, jihadi mom said about her teenage son after the terrorist attack, oh, they blow up so fast. Well, you will be gas users, drivers, people in cars, people who have jobs and go to work will be saying soon, oh, the taxes, they go up so fast. Nathan Deal, why are you bragging about this? Why are you strutting around the Capitol like you've done something great? Dude, you just screwed us. And it's not a billion dollar tax hike. No, it's a billion dollars this year. And then more than a billion next year and then more than more than a billion the next year and the next year. It goes up automatically depending on the year. Five percent, six percent, seven percent, two percent, three percent. This depends on what happens with the uh, inflation has to do with construction costs, has to do with mileage. The better mileage you get, the higher your gas tax goes. That's what Georgia Republicans just pat and now there's brad they're right on beacon hill right now oh look at us we're so good i'm sorry am i missing something here 
844-404-1067. Why are Republicans celebrating an automatic self-increasing gas tax? Why? You know how crazy this is? The state of Massachusetts had this, and the citizens voted it down. The same people who made Elizabeth Warren and Ted Kennedy U.S. senators said, whoa, we're liberal, but we're, li- we're liberal, but we're not crazy. And yet here in Georgia, they stick us with it, and they call themselves Republicans. Makes no sense to me. 844-404-1067. A mom in uh, Macon, Georgia, uh, uh, excuse me, that's not right, uh, says to her, the police, uh, Columbus, Georgia, that's it. Mom in Columbus, Georgia says to the police, please come straighten my 10-year-old son out, posts the pictures. Uh, Frank, you are on News Radio 1067. What's your take? Well, I just, when I was growing up, my mother wouldn't have called the police. She would have just took care of it herself. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of the problems these days. You see all these things going on in these different big cities where these kids are running around without supervision. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't imagine going out and burning down the town and my mom and dad not knowing where I was at. And, you know, and she's having to call the police. You know, there's a certain... When you have children, you have certain responsibilities, sure. and one of them is keeping an eye on them, keeping them straight, sure. telling them but, when they're not when they're doing wrong. But if the but if the mom fails, but if the mom fails, are you mad at her because she called in some help? You know, she she tagged somebody in so they could come in and straighten him out. Isn't that good? I guess it's good, but I'm just saying that. Well, I just don't understand why the mother couldn't take care of herself. Uh, look, I don't, have... I don't either, but maybe she's just not a very good mom. Maybe she, this kid is particularly problematic. I don't know. I just, I like this idea of calling the cops now rather than calling the cops later when the kid is whatever, you know, uh, robbing liquor stores, et cetera. My mother, who's listening uh, online on iHeartRadio, just email me. Do you remember when you were six and you stole candy at the store in Torrance, California, on Hawthorne Boulevard? And I took you back to the security guard and you had to confess. I wish I'd thought about calling the police. (laughs) Mom, I don't know. I'm a lost cause. I don't know if it would have done any good. George, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Morning, Michael. How are you today? Fine. Right ahead. Uh, Michael, I think this is one of these cuddly stories where you love to hear kind of things like that because it's you mentioned there's no father that you hear mm-hmm. in the story. Right. The mother, a ten year old, I've seen some ten year olds, and they're they can push a, a a young mother or whatever around pretty easily as far as not doing what they are told to do, and be a little mouthy or whatever. But I see this as preventative maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that phrase. It, you had the, you had the guy call earlier and said this happened to him years ago, and he re- remembers the the uh, cop's name and mm-hmm. so forth. Well, here's your scenarios. The, the kid sees the cop, well, 19 or 20 years old at this time, sees the cop go by, hey, there's the cop that straightened me out years right. ago. Mm-hmm. Or a different scenario, in a CVS drugstore facing down with a pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's preventative maintenance. You see your fireman out there washing the trucks, cleaning them up, they're getting ready for a fire. They're preventing maintenance. They're preparing. This is what this officer is doing. He's he's preventing something 18, 19 years happening down the road. If a lot of our children were, were straightened out at 9 and 10 years old, we would have 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if you're purple, black, No, no, yellow, I get it. Green, Joel, you're absolutely right. You, that, that's why he that spareth the rod hateth his son. D, you are on the air. Is it the smart thing to reach out to the cops and let them apply the rod? 
<laughs> funny story. She told me I was bad. I was bad mm-hmm. little boy. I'm 41, never been in prison. Anymore. She told me, she said, you keep on doing what you're doing, I'm going to send you to Alto. Uh-oh. I didn't know what Alto was, which mm-hmm. I found out later. So a couple of years later, I got bold. I said, well, send me to Alto. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, send me. So I go and pack all my stuff, and I sit on the porch, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there waiting. And then my sisters come out. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm waiting on my daddy. <laughs> so my sisters didn't say, fool, Alto is not your daddy. It's a prison. <laughs> I never I never got in trouble again. That straightened never. you out, huh? Just the yes, fear sir. of going straightened you out. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I, D, thanks for the great story. Thanks for listening to News Radio 1067-844-404-1067. I've got an update on the uh, story out of Texas. Also, at 11 o'clock, there's going to be a briefing uh, from the Texas police. We'll bring you the key parts of that. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1050. I am Michael Graham. Coming up at the top of the hour, the authorities in Texas are going to have a presser regarding the completely unrelated to anything having to do with any religion of peace event that occurred last night, where by sheer coincidence, a group of free speech advocates who were hosting a Draw Muhammad cartoons contest were uh, shot at. The According to reports, the gunman got out of the car, immediately started shooting. So that's coming up at the top of the hour. Hey, Braves fans. Finally a win yesterday. Man, that felt so good. All season long when the Braves score five or more runs, you score a discount. Yesterday, the Braves beat the Reds 5 nothing. So that's five bucks off a full-service oil change today at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Go to expressoil.com and find one near you. Express Oil Change and Service Center. Uh, um, uh, and check it out today. Five uh, bucks off because they scored five. Let's keep it going, Braves. Come on. Uh, so... The uh, one of the stories that's getting buried under all the conversation about the violence in Baltimore and the violence uh, in the name of a certain religion that rhymes with Islam is the continuing problems for Mrs. Bill Clinton about the scandal and money. And we I mean, that, the, the uh, tidal wave of evidence is in the Clintons earned themselves about one hundred and fifty million dollars running a charity. Hey, did you see the news that Obama wants to turn my brother's keeper? Into a charitable foundation? How much you want to bet? He's going to be on the phone. Bill, it's Barack. Can uh, I get your accountant? Uh, who who set that up for you? I, I, I want to do the, I raise money for charity and make $150 million. How, how can we do that part? I, that would be my prediction. Well, you know, first you got to get your wife in the Senate. See, that way you got it. And then get her as secretary. See, they're writing the check to me. <laughs> but they know who shares his money when it comes in. <laughs> So I, you know that that's it's it's gonna be astonishing. And yet another amazing development: President Obama's charity, My Brother's Keeper, suddenly earns him 150 million dollars. So the the tidal wave of evidence is in money taken from uh, uh, corrupt thugs around the world. Am I allowed to still use the word thugs about the guys in Kyrgyzstan and Gurkistan and Jerkistan? Please, I, I used it before Baltimore. I hope I can still use it now. These thoughts, here's how it works. Bill Clinton shows up in Yakistan, standing next to the corrupt Yakistani government guy, celebrating the democracy where the guy just won 90% of the vote. Because that's a free and fair election. Yakistani guy 
writes big checks, hires Bill Clinton to give a half-million-dollar speech. Uh, Yakistani's plans for an oil pipeline or for nuclear whatever or whatever suddenly that had been tied up in the government suddenly get passed here in the United States. And the by total coincidence, the Clinton Foundation gets a gazillion-dollar check. That's the path that we've been on again and again. None of this, by the way, is disputed. The only thing that we're being told is it doesn't prove anything. Oh, yeah? Well, just because she got a bunch of money who wanted something from the government and they got it doesn't mean anything. Do you have an actual handwritten note that says the word bribe in it? Dear Hillary, this is your friend in Columbia, South America. Please take this bribe and do something evil and corrupt with it. Love, Jose. Well, if that doesn't exist, then there's no problem. If you don't actually have, hi, I'm Hillary, and I took this bribe tattooed on her body part, nothing happened. That's the standard that the press wants us to follow on this. And, of course, that's total nonsense. Well, Bill spoke out. He doesn't think that you, you're not feeling the Clintons' pain. So she's now running for president. Will you continue to give speeches? Oh, yeah. I I gotta pay our bills. I gotta pay our bill. What am I? We only got 150 million dollars. Doesn't play that again. Doesn't this sound like someone like me doing a cheesy Bill Clinton impression? It's so awful. So she's now running for president. Will you continue to give speeches? Oh yeah. I I gotta pay our bills. (laughs) Have you tried to live on 150 million dollars? It's tough. And please, those of you who are supporting Mrs. Bill Clinton. Please, please, please keep talking about how we've got to do something about the millionaires and billionaires. Please, please keep talking about the injustice of the 1%. Please, please keep talking about everyday Americans because I love the idea that you're going to ask Americans to see a corrupt multi-million dollar political hack as their best friend. I love, please, please. Incredible. You can reach me by email, michael at michaelgram.com. If you're not familiar with this automatic self-increasing gas tax that Georgia Republicans just stuck us with, and I say that as a Republican, uh, I I have posted in the past, I'll repost that information. Coming up, uh, there's supposed to be a statement from law enforcement about this totally unrelated to religion uh, uh, attack yesterday involving two guys screaming, Allahu Akbar. And we will bring you all the details you need to know uh, here on The Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Gwinnett detectives hope to get some answers from Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill about a shooting inside this Lawrenceville model home. Law enforcement officials here in the Dallas suburb of Garland, Texas, say that the shooting erupted just about 10 minutes before the Mohammed art exhibit and cartoon contest was supposed to be wrapping up. There is a war on free speech. Uh, We entered uh, a new era last night because this wasn't Paris, this wasn't Copenhagen, this was Texas. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. That guy's brain is a bag full of cats. You could smell crazy on him. Have care how you speak. Loki is beyond reason, but he is of Asgard, and he is my brother. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. He's adopted! Good morning, Atlanta. It's 11.05, and 
I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. And here is my idea after what happened in Peachtree City with the chief there and what happened with the, uh, Clayton County with the sheriff there. Maybe it is time for us to start issuing body armor to the wives and girlfriends of law enforcement in the greater Atlanta area. Just a thought at 844-404-1067. Also, uh, we are uh, keeping an eye, obviously, on the story out of Texas. If you are just tuning in or or missed it, uh, there was an event at um, a, a school back in January. That was declaring its support for the uh, Prophet Muhammad. And it was a decry. They had this event right around the time of the uh, Charlie Hebdo event, uh, you know, attack. They wanted to say, hey, it's time for us to stand up against people uh, insulting the Prophet. We are against free speech. We want it to be illegal. We want to stop people from drawing pictures of the prophet or insulting the prophet. And so another group said, well, hey, if you're going to have an anti-free speech defend the honor of the prophet rally, then we're going to have a pro-free speech uh, event uh, at the same venue. And so that's what happened yesterday, the very same building. They had an event where they're giving out $10,000 for the best cartoon rendition of Muhammad. They also had a speaker who's been leading the fight against Islamist uh, violence in Europe, uh, Gert Wilders, who was uh, speaking yesterday. He's on an Al-Qaeda hit list. There's a there's a hit out on his life for his opinions. He's never raised a weapon at anybody, but there's a, a hit out on his life for his opinions, similar to what happened with Salman Rushdie in his book, The Satanic Verses, and had to go into hiding for 20 years because of whack job Islamists. So... What happened last night with uh, in uh, Texas? Uh, here's an update. Law enforcement officials here in the Dallas suburb of Garland, Texas, say that the shooting erupted just about 10 minutes before the Mohammed art exhibit and cartoon contest was supposed to be wrapping up. It's not exactly known if the organizers of this event were the ones that were being targeted, but that is clearly the suspicion that law enforcement is operating under. There were two men who drove up to the Civic Center in a dark-colored sedan, jumped out, started shooting. They were able to wound a Garland Independent School District officer. Those two suspects were then quickly gunned down there in the parking lot of the Civic Center. FBI investigators are on the scene beginning the process of trying to figure out what the motive here uh, was. Why is America great? Because you'll find more guns at a Texas art show than you'll find at a European uh, weapons event. That's why America is great. Why is the media not so great uh, because of events like this from CNN and Ed Lavendera. FBI investigators are on the scene beginning the process of trying to figure out what the motive here uh, was. Trying to figure out the motive. If only, why would someone jump out of a car guns blazing at an art event? Why? And did he say anything? As he was carrying out, there are reports uh, unconfirmed that he was that he was saying Allah Akbar. Really? Yeah. Here's what it sounded like when uh, the firing started and police entered the uh, hall last night. We had the incident outside. Police officers have been shot. Two suspects have been shot. Possibly have explosives on them. Okay, that's what we're worried about right now. 
I have no idea right now. Not only does he have no idea right now, we have no idea right now, right now. They still haven't told, officially released any information. Prescott, the, uh, their hands on the name of uh, uh, Elton Simpson of Phoenix, but the local police didn't confirm anything, and they've told us nothing about Elton Simpson. The press had to track down for themselves that this was the guy on the web tweeting out in the name of Allah, in the uh, in promising to be a mujahideen, the press had to find that because the police have said nothing, and the press have said nothing. You can read ABC's entire report on Elton Simpson, and they never use the word Muslim, Islam, mujahideen, nothing. You would have no idea whether you think this guy was there because he was an angry cartoonist. Bring, bring back Bloom County. I want Doonesbury to be funny again. You'd have no idea why he was doing what he was doing because instead the press was too busy going after the people who were shot at it is true however that this is a bigoted anti-muslim group who was doing a contest to draw the prophet Muhammad for no good reason violence is utterly inexcusable but just in order to prove the point that violence is inexcusable you don't have to go out of your way to offend people Oh, my gosh, you did art that offended people? That's awful. Why did you have to do that, asks Elizabeth Hasselbeck on Fox News. Do you believe that there was another way to go about expressing freedom of speech and, and your rights that would not have been considered to be offensive? Yeah, why do you have to offend people? What's wrong with you? Why must you incite them, asks Allison Camerata on CNN. What people are saying is that there's always this fine line, you know, between freedom of speech and being um, intentionally incendiary and provocative. Intentionally incendiary oh. and provocative by drawing a cartoon. I disagree, and I disagree most vehemently. That's Pamela Geller who organized the event. In another interview, she said, look how far America's support for free speech has fallen. <sighs> incendiary cartooning. We can't bear your cartoons. They're just too much. And so that's been the entire uh, uh, message since the shooting is, what's wrong with you people? How dare you have those opinions and express them in public? We must utterly defend their right to do it. But we can also say it's not a good idea. Not everything that you have the right to do is a good idea. Now remember, the people that are being uh, questioned by the press were the people who had other people shoot guns at them. They were the targets of, they weren't shooting the guns. They were the shootee, not the shooter. And yet the press is asking, what's wrong with you? Why did you do this? You cause this. Why would you do this? This is terrible. 844-404-1067. Do you agree with the press that the problem is people saying mean things about Muslims? Or do you agree with me? No, the problem is that there are far too many Muslims willing to use violence in the name of their faith. A problem that Muslims and only Muslims have in the world. And how far will the press go to hide the facts and hide the story. How can you ever trust them again? I certainly don't. I'm Michael Graham. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 510. I am Michael Graham. And, oh, it's 510. It's 1119. I would look. 
Sometime I'll tell you the story of today's radio show. We got too much stuff to get to. I want you to have the news. I want you to be the smartest person in your office, the smartest guy at the work site. Uh, so the police chief of Garland, Texas, has been answering questions about what happened last night at last night's totally unrelated to religion in any way whatsoever shooting at a Draw Muhammad uh, competition. Uh, and so here he is outlining events at the uh, school last night. And about 10 minutes to 7, a dark-colored vehicle pulled up to the west entrance parking lot. When that car pulled up and stopped, those officers began to exit their vehicle, and two men exited the dark-colored sedan. Both of them had assault rifles, came around the back of the car, and started shooting at the police car. The police officer in that car began returning fire and struck both men, taking them down. And uh, so that's the events outside the uh, the school. People then, of course, wanted to know who these guys are. And as I've been complaining all morning, the cops won't say. So somebody answered the question. Who are someone asked the question? Uh, Chief Joe Heron of Garland Police. Who are these guys? There's a lot of things that I know is going out, and some people are releasing names. We are not releasing any names. Um, again, at some point they will be, but we are not releasing any names at this time. So what do you think was the intent or the motivation of the suspects? Uh, obviously, they were there to shoot people. Uh, we will continue to um, investigate. This is not going to be a real fast investigation. Uh, we've got our suspects. We continue to monitor social media and other gather uh, other intel uh, to make sure that we're not getting any more or any threats. Um, so we don't know their intent, other than we know that they were willing to pull up and start shooting on police. So was, this any other? was this a terrorist attack? We're certainly looking into that. We've not we have not knocked that out. But uh, again, we're working with the FBI. We're and we will eventually figure out what that is. So I love that. We don't want to rush. We don't know what's going on. We're going to have to go very, very slowly. We don't know what the motives are. How long would it take for ABC News, which still is not reporting the words Islam, Muslim, uh, Mujahideen, which was in the shooter's Twitter feed uh, at all, for them to connect this if the guy who showed up at a ant at a defend the prophet rally or a tea party member or went to an evangelical church and he shows up at a defend the prophet rally and starts shooting people or trying to how long would it take it would take about 4.2 milliseconds for the press to be saying look at what's happened right wing michael graham and his ilk have inspired by here we have two guys who have direct connected themselves to isis they are part of isis's Social media, they shouted out to ISIS. They declared themselves Mujahideen, warriors in the name of Islam. They did it. We don't know what the prime motive is. We can't tell. Who knows what's going on here? I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. I hate those people in the building. Those people in the building are haters. They say mean things about Islam. Mean things. Oh, the humanity. I was in Boston uh, for the marathon. And the Muslims there weren't just saying mean things. Yeah, it's true. The Tamerlan Zarnayev did say mean things. He went to his mosque and shouted out his hate of the West and of America. It's true that he was on the web shouting out his hate of the West and his allegiance for Islam. 
but no one cared that he said mean things. He said mean things all day, every day. Nobody cares. It was only when he started blowing the legs off people that he got our attention. I'm solidly on the not blowing legs off people team. If you're on the blow legs off people team, you're not on my team. And watching the gutless, weaselly, cowardly, urinate on themselves press refuse to cover this story. Yet again, we already went around this with Charlie Hebdo. Did you know that 145 alleged writers and journalists said, I will not attend a ceremony honoring the Charlie Hebdo cartoonists because it was their fault? 145. And then the, and, and you know what the end of the thing says? We support free speech, but. No, no, you don't. You don't support free speech. Because when you do support free speech, there is no but. It's like kind of like the men in my family who suffer from no acetal. We have no but. Free speech supporters have no but. It is, I support free speech. End of story. So that, that, that's it. I support free speech. And That's that. Uh, Attacking Pamela Geller, the woman who put this together and his crew, is irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. All that matters is we're in a country where you can have opinions that other people don't like. End of story. What people are saying is that there's always this fine line, you know, between freedom of speech and being um, intentionally incendiary and provocative. Intentionally incendiary and provocative by drawing a cartoon. I disagree, and I disagree most vehemently. Uh, 844-404-1067 is the number. Tom, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. I was watching this last night, and they said it was a Draw Muhammad art contest. And I think that's kind of like shooting deer over a, with a barrel of apples in front of your deer stand. Um, you know, if you put a Draw Muhammad art contest out there, mm-hmm. you're going to attract um, Islamic people who... Um, don't like that and think it's a, a vile act and it's going to enable you to uh, take them out. And that's what looks like what happened. So what's your point? Well, I think the people that ran the Draw Muhammad Art Contest mm-hmm. probably expected something like this to happen. That's why they had all the police there. But why would you expect people to shoot you over a cartoon? Because they, they the people that do that have shown a propensity to do it. So oh, in other words, because Muslims have shot people and stabbed people and beheaded people over cartoons in the past. They have, right. Right. So I'm, I'm sorry. So, right. So I'm sorry. So what, 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 what's wrong with the cartoon contest again? I don't get it. No, nothing's wrong with it except that it's like baiting deer. But, but um, you, you, can, you can't bait somebody to, do, to eat something that they don't want. You can't uh, bait someone... Unless you are counting on them acting a certain way. So what you're saying is that as long as whack job Islamists remain dedicated to cutting your head off for cartoons, therefore you should change your behavior. No, I'm sorry. You shouldn't. There should be zero tolerance for idiot, moron, hate-filled, knuckle-dragging savages who kill people over cartoons. And let me be very clear on this. If you kill people over a cartoon, you are a savage. By definition, that's your definition. Being a Muslim doesn't make you a savage. No, 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 of course not. 
Killing people because they drove something on a piece of paper makes you a savage, makes you a Neanderthal, makes you a, a dirtbag and a loser and an idiot and every other label you want to put on. That is your problem. Why so many of these dirtbag savages uh, uh, seem to coagulate in one religion? You'll have to talk to the leaders of that religion about that. I'm just an American. And in America, you don't kill people over cartoons. And when you do, the cartoonist is the good guy and you're the bad guy. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.